Welcome to Divorce Stories with attorney Dennis Vetrano, the show for people that want real answers to real divorce questions from a real divorce lawyer. And now here's your host, attorney Dennis Vetrano. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Divorce Stories. And I'm your host, divorce attorney Dennis Vetrano. So excited to have Rob Roseman here today. Uh, Really awesome guest. Can't wait to talk to him. He's a former Las Vegas poker pro. Interesting. Divorce dad to three founder of WTF Divorce. How apropos. Love that title, by the way. Uh, A podcast website and Instagram that help people dealing with divorce and laugh about it along the way. Welcome, 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 Rob. So happy to have you on the show. Thank you, Dennis. Excited to be here and talk to you. Yeah, yeah, this should be fun. So a divorced dad, let's just, I mean, let's just dive right into it, as I always do. You're a divorced dad of three children, obviously went through your own process. Do you mind talking a little bit about about your process and talk about how it went for you? Of course. You know, I think you you have to go through it to really understand it. So um, my divorce, I got divorced in right at the start of the pandemic, uh, like May 2020. It was... A little bit of a surprise because we were we did get along pretty well. I think people have this misconception that divorce is like war of the roses. You guys hate each other. It's terrible. But we, you know, we had three young kids. It was like seven, right. five, and two at the time. We had right. I had just moved from Las Vegas, where I was a poker pro, to a new life in Atlanta for my right. wife's career. And you know, it's just things got tough, and uh, the conversations that we started having were like, "Huh, is this?" Where are we at with things? And, um, you know, we decided that the best path was to get divorced. So kind of like February of 2020, made the decision. And by May 2020, after like a little bit of a rocky road going through that process, which is hard, I was divorced. Wow. So February to May for you guys. It sounds like it went pretty fast, though, right? It was quick. I think, uh, you know, my kid's mom is also she's you know, corporate, very decisive, wants to get these things done. So yeah, I think we just accepted that we both weren't gonna, it wasn't gonna, you know, you're not going to get everything that you want. So we kind of decided that the longer this went on, the more expensive it would get. Let's, let's just try and get it hammered out. Because as I tell most people, uh, the divorce process really starts after you're divorced, because now you have to live life after divorce. So that was when it really hit me because I think you have like this adrenaline, you have all these different things going through the divorce process. But once you're done and, you know, your kids are at their mom's house, you know, two weeks later and you're alone in your new bachelor apartment, you're like, right. What the F is going on here? All of a sudden my life is completely changed. So that was the uh, awakening moment for me uh, after divorce. Yeah. And I think there's like multiple phases of the process, right? I, look, let me let me step back a little bit and say, look, I think it's important for people to work with professionals on this in this process throughout the process, be, you know, probably before and in and when you're out of it. But I also think it's so important to get the unique view from people who've been through it, you know? So I so I need to know, like, at, how did your kids take the process? I mean, tell, tell us what ages and like, how did they work through the process? Because you guys weren't like mired in it for like years. You went through pretty swiftly, both with the mindset you wanted to get through. So, you know, how did that impact the kids? Yeah, it was, you know, that's the thing you think about most. And man, I still remember sitting down and we were on the same page. We said, let's yeah. get the kids, sit them down together. And 
you know, mine were seven, five and two at the time. So we knew right. the middle two or the younger two probably wouldn't understand it. But right. yeah, when we got those words out and my, you know, youngest or my oldest at the time, he started crying a little and then I'm crying, she's crying and it's, it was yeah. tough, but we were very important. You know, we did a little research before nothing like I know now, but like, how do you have this conversation? Always, right. you know, telling the kids, this has nothing to do with you. Your mommy and daddy still love you. Um, right. really just making sure to deflect that because you, under, you start to realize that kids internalize and take on everything, right? So you do have to be kind of overtly telling them like, this is nothing to do with you. This is a mommy and daddy thing. We're still a family, right. all of these things that, you know, it's also a completely different emotional mindset than you're in this conflict with your. Uh, soon to be ex. I mean, let's be honest, we're kind of going to battle here a little bit, you know, we've right. got lawyers and money. So you really have to compartmentalize these different things, which is a lot easier said than done. So right. to your point, uh, having some kind of team, you know, whether it's a therapist, whether it's a divorce coach, whether it's just a friend that has been through it, I think that is actually the most important thing, which I didn't have. Uh, it's important because you, this is completely uncharted territories yeah. for men and women. Yeah. And it's funny because I had a, I was on a podcast maybe about two weeks ago and we were talking about how, like, at least from my view, the, the norm with divorce is like the lawyers and the judges are driving the effing bus. Right. And, and like, I mean, we're, we're not equipped to drive the bus. <laughs> we're there to get like the proverbial bus in the divorce process. We're there to give legal advice. We're there to like, you know, reside over your case, but there's so much more to it than that. I mean, I think we need to normalize the process of like, so who, so let's say this, who did you work through with process with as far as professionals are concerned through the process? Oh, I mean, when I was going through it, it was pretty much a, completely alone. I had one friend who's a divorce lawyer in Miami. I was living in Atlanta. So he said, right. I can't help you because states are different, but right. he was giving me help with the legal process. Like, Okay, what your lawyer said here, listen to that, maybe ask this question. But otherwise, in terms of like the support system, my family had never been through a divorce. My wow. friends, maybe one friend had gone through it. So that was the thing that really I still feel and I think really hits most people, men especially, is the isolation of it, that there is nobody that they can talk to. Yeah. Uh, even your family, I always tell people, isn't the best person to talk to about this yeah. because they're supporting you. They're supporting their grandkids. Maybe mm -hmm. the spouse did something that they didn't like, so they want to pile on. And while that might feel good, you know, short term, that is not really productive and helpful. So right. it's, I think, the hardest part of this process is finding this support system, even if it's temporary, that can yeah. just like help the the life raft that can help get you to, you know, these different points of divorce. Yeah. So if you were to craft a list for people of who they should include in that support system, who would it be? Well, for me, as like uh, I think I realized and it's kind of the genesis of WTF divorce is like right. I realized I didn't have these people. So I think um, starting on, you know, surprisingly, something like an Instagram page, a podcast, like looking up where you can hear the conversations that are happening is it might seem a little silly, like, oh, I'm going on Instagram to get help with relationships. It's probably your most valuable uh, thing you can do. Even something like go read this book. Like how many times does somebody say that to you? Right. And you're like, oh, thanks. You just gave me homework that I'll never do. 
Whereas, <laughs> right. I, I mean, thought I was the only one that thought like that. Oh, I was man. like, oh, that book. Thanks. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I loathe even telling people that because I'm like, I, I sound like the jerk here. Thanks. Thanks, Dennis. <laughs> right, here. Right, I'm going right. to go read that book. Right. But finding finding content and actually your content was one of the first uh, pages that I found because it was it was short. It was digestible. Okay. It was relatable. It was, you know, I liked it, the fact that it was coming from a guy. So find somebody that you can right. relate to. But <clears throat> yeah, I think uh, digging into, look, we're a world of, you know, everything is online now. There's a right. lot of educational things out there. There's There are communities out there. And I think that's the number one place I would tell people to go because your expectations that your friends are going to be there to support you or your family, that is a, you know, it's a jarring thing when you realize these people are not helping me at all. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, it's funny because I think having a support system is super important. And I think I think family and friends do play a role, but they don't play the role that we think they play. We think they're going to be sounding board, I think, in a way. We think they're going to be, hey, my lawyer said X. What do you think? Or they did this or they did that. What should I? That's not what they should be there for, in my opinion. They should be there for if you want to go out and have a drink or have dinner or just like get your mind off of things. But, you know, um, uh, totally. Let me add to that. I think this is the other thing that's really tricky. It's like when somebody dies, nobody knows what to say. I'm so sorry. They right. don't. We think that they should know what to do. What we quickly learn is like they have no idea what to say. They're kind of waiting on our cue. So it's right. our job as if we don't have enough going on to kind of lead and teach these people and say, Hey, Dennis, uh, I don't even really want your advice right now about this. I just want you to be here and listen. Can you go out and have a beer sometime? That is now on me, the person dealing with it, to right. kind of reach out to the friend and tell them what you need because they don't know what you need. Right. And I think, you know, like and I find that I'm telling a lot of clients when I do consultations, like I, like I don't do the consultation like, hey, come in, hire me, rah, rah, rah. I'm like giving them advice based on the sheets that I have in front of me about their life. But what I want them to leave with is like, what what can you go home from the consult and do right now that's going to help bring you calm? Because people have a million emotions swirling through their head at the time. And it's the same thing. It's like, just go out and gather information. There's so much out there. There's so much out there to gather and gain. Um, but people like don't know it's out there. Like, for example, how would you know that a divorce coach exists? How would you know that WTF exists unless you just went out there and sought it out? Yeah, you wouldn't. I mean, that's why I thought this would be a good resource, because I think I didn't know a divorce podcast existed. So you yeah. do a little bit of you know research online, find something. You don't need to like figure it all out, but find one piece and then maybe send them a direct message. Hey, Dennis, I watched this video. It was really helpful. Yeah. If anybody else I could talk to, I didn't know a divorce coach existed until a year after I was even divorced. Yep. So the other apprehension I think people have is like, what's the biggest, biggest pain point of divorce when you're about to go through it and going through it is it's so expensive. I'm spending every time I pick up the phone, it's $500 right. to talk to an attorney. I can't hire a coach now and now I need uh, more people. But that right. initial investment actually might save you a lot of money because it yeah. could streamline like what questions you ask your divorce lawyer. And the most important thing is you're investing you know, maybe a few sessions in like this peace of mind that you'll gather that this person is an expert. Most likely they've gone through it. You know, I always say, uh, don't take right. advice from somebody that hasn't been there before. Yep. Talk to somebody that's gone through it. 
let them tell you, here's what you're feeling now. I went through that too. Here's some actionable tips of how to respond to that, your, your ex, respond to your lawyer, because otherwise you're, you're just swimming, you know, with, without a paddle. You have no idea how to get from point A to point B. Right. And I think a lot of what we end up doing is talking people off the ledge. And and in my mind, like that's a super important aspect to the process, having someone there to talk you off the ledge. But it shouldn't be your lawyer at four ninety five an hour. Right? <laughs> exactly right. <laughs> Who did you have there to talk you off the ledge through the process? Yeah, I mean, I actually thankfully had my friend who was a lawyer so he could understand it. But he was also oh, my friend. Right, Most right. people don't have that. So, again, I think that's uh, finding that friend that gets it. But maybe they right. just you just want them to listen to you. But to get yep. the information, you've got to go seek that out. And like we've been okay. talking about. Uh, podcast, Instagram, TikTok, these places, there actually is a ton of people that you can find from the, you know, your bed that you can just right. reach out to. So uh, that's my biggest advice to people. Do not do this alone. So I got a question for you. You and I both know how difficult and how unique it is for guys going through this process. I, I find that with my female clients, they tend to be more introspective. They tend to seek out help a little bit more. I can't get my guys to do it. How do we get the guys to do it? Because you need it. Yeah. I mean, I, I like to think about like, why are we so resistant to it? I think in general, guys are less apt to go to something like therapy. Right. Uh, a lot of reasons. I think we have egos that are probably a little bit more sensitive and stronger than most women where we were going through this process where you know, no matter how the divorce came to be, this person is doesn't want to be with you anymore. Or you don't want to be with them anymore. That's right. a hit to our ego. That kind of shuts us down and it puts us in this like, we overcompensate then. So I think I think we all just go through this process of like, what I'm doing is not working. The way I'm dealing with this, whether right. it's I'm drinking, I'm like going out on dates every night. Unfortunately, I think you kind of have to go through that process. And then, right. you know, you take stock of it and say, this is not working well for me. You've got to humble yourself and say, I'm, you know, punching above my pay grade here. I need help. I need to go talk to somebody. And even that process can be challenging. I tried to book a therapist appointment. They're not available for three months. You know, right. Dennis, I, I was listening to you. Screw this. I'll just do it myself. I'll have a drink at night. Uh, you've just right. really got to accept that, like, this is this is going to be hard and that you need support and you need to be the one that initiates that. And you cannot wait for things to just, like, work themselves out. Everybody says, oh, time heals all wounds. Right. Time's not going to do much if you're not doing anything for you know a few years. You're going to end up in the same vicious cycle. And look, isn't this the point of divorce? It's like so you're you're not fighting anymore. You're not dealing with this person anymore. Right. Thinking about that, like you're probably going to want to be with somebody again. Chances are the cycle is going to repeat itself unless you start doing some introspection and and taking stock of like where was I responsible in this you know degradation of this relationship, all these things, we play a part in it and we have to figure out what that is. And that's hard to do just on your own sitting around. It is. And I think with guys in general, what happens is what I find even from my page is I put stuff out there. Everything I put out there is to help people, right? Just like I think I'm sure that you do, but we'll talk about that in a second. Hold that thought. Um, and what you get from the guys is a lot of like resistance and like, how is this my fault? Of course, oh, I'm the only person to blame. Like, you know, of course, sure, you wouldn't jump on me. No, I want to point out some things so that as you go through the process and get to the next 
you're learning something about this process. How do we break through that with guys, though? I, I, I haven't figured out the way myself, and I've been doing this almost 25 years. Yeah. I mean, personally, and I struggle with this all the time. Uh, like as an ex-professional poker player, there's a lot of losing going on in what you're doing. Most half the time, even if you're winning millions of dollars, you're getting your butt kicked most of the time. Right. I think something that happens to a lot of us happens to me every day with parenting and dating, all these things is like, we like learn something. We're like, I'm going to go do that. I'm going to apply that. And then right. what happens? The wheels come off. They responded a way we didn't like it. And then we throw our hands up. You know, I tried to do that thing Dennis said, and she, you know, lashed out right. at me. So what's the point? It's a process where you're just really trying to get like 1% better each day. And sometimes that's, I got 2% better. And then we backslid a lot. This, you're not going to be a different person, but I always tell people this, you're investing in yourself. This is like, uh, what is your return on investment? We all think we're just going to like 10x ourselves after divorce. We're going to be this, this, this. Right. If you're 10% less angry about a text that your co-parents sent uh, six months later than you used to, that's a huge improvement that we, especially as guys, we don't really give ourselves credit for. We just say, oh, I'm just the way I always am. I tried it. It didn't work. Right. We have to learn to be a little gentler with ourselves and say, you know what? I'm This is really freaking hard. I'm doing the best I can, huh? That thing that used to annoy me for a week, I just like had a rager yeah. about it. I slept it off and huh, I'm kind of over it. Like that is growth. Yeah. I think the, I think the message of being easier on ourselves, giving ourselves a break a little bit. I think sometimes as guys were like pushed so hard and want to be the want to be everything, you know, want to like be that provider, be that protector and like not ever think about, hey, but what about you? Mm -hmm. Like, what about me? Be easier on ourselves. Give ourselves yeah. a break a little bit. Yeah, all oh. parents, right? We're we're servicing our children. We're taking That's care true. of so much. We and as guys, we want to fix things. I see a problem. I want to make this person feel better. Guess what? In divorce, that person is no longer in your life. So it's very frustrating when we're like trying to, you know, work through a problem, whatever it is. The other person is not cooperating. Maybe we're not cooperating. And right. so, like you said, like just I mean, I, one of the biggest pieces of advice I get people is like, you're gonna have really bad days. Just accept it, right? Like today Man. sucked. Don't think like, God, I supposed to be better right now. And you'll be hearing that in your ear. Like, hey, you know, I'll get a call. How are things? Have you met anybody new? Aren't you glad not to be in this? And then that disconnect is also frustrating. So like, right. like you said, you got to learn to be a little easier on yourself during this process. Yeah. So talk to me about WTF Divorce. Again, I love, love, love the title so much. What made you want to start WTF Divorce? Well, it's funny. The name was actually like we came up with 200 names like at the time trying to figure it out. And it was divorce survival, you know, all these the guidebook to divorce. I'm like, eh, nobody cares about that. What's the feeling that people feel when they're dealing with divorce? It's this WTF. What the F is going on? Is anybody right. seeing what I'm going through? So with that kind of feeling, I found so much incredible content out there that my friends didn't know about. People that were reaching out to me said, where do you get this stuff? I never heard of a, a podcast. You can find these things. We take right. for granted that this stuff is out there. So um, I have some background in podcasting. I have a dad podcast that I thought, oh, this is really cool to talk to real people. Yeah, This would be a great thing for uh, people going through divorce to be able to like curate access. Hey, you need some help with you know your divorce process? Listen to these videos by Dennis. Hey, you're starting to date out there. Listen to uh, this coach, Daniel. So like a way to just aggregate all that 
And then the other piece that I find is a lot of people, these professionals, they're great at what they do. They're not always expert at marketing. We also right. have to, you know, meet people where they're at. If I'm on Instagram or TikTok, I'm usually right. there because I want to take the edge off, you know, like not think. So I thought it would be nice if we could kind of present this to people in a way, like a little bit of spoonful of sugar before the medicine. I'm not going to yeah. teach you just all about like your ex is a narcissist, blah, blah, blah. Let's also look, I love comedy and laughing about stuff, most of which is my own life and what I'm going through. <laughs> How can we make this more digestible and, and fun for people? And, you know, it started from scratch like a year and a half ago and kind of posting these like memes and framing it with divorce. And it really resonated with people. And that was like the breakthrough I had as to like, people want this information, but they also want to feel, you know, related to, they want to feel seen, they want to laugh about it. And they want to see other people that are struggling with the same thing. Um, so yeah, that was kind of where the idea started. And every day, it's just like, it's really fun to interact with people that are going through it and appreciative that like there's somebody else that gets it. Right. For sure. And you know, it's funny because as I'm doing videos and I think you're hitting on the same thing, you, if you don't get eyes on what you're doing, it doesn't fucking matter. Excuse my French. I mean like, so, so for me, some of my stuff a little bit is to get hooked, to get eyes, to get people to see it because I know how valuable just like your stuff is the content is, but you got to get people to see it. Oh, that's it. And that's what most people miss. Look, they're not marketing professionals. When you're on these devices, you know how it is. You got three seconds yeah. to maybe, maybe three seconds so to get somebody's attention. So yeah. if you're this professor, you've got this information, <laughs> but you started off with like, hi, my name is uh, Dr. Caroline. What I'm already on to the next thing. So right. how can we get what you're saying in front of people? And, you know, a lot of that is like a little bit more editing, a little bit like recrafting your message. Uh, adding some personality to it. So that was the other disconnect. There's these professionals that do such a great job in their job, but like it's kind of hard to just say, oh, I'm going to go on social media and get this message across. You need you need some help doing it. So in that you've had interaction with so many dads, what do you think is unique to the dad's experience going through the divorce process? Well, it's funny. I started this as a way to reach divorced dads. And uh, what I quickly learned and is that 80% of the audience is women that's consuming this stuff. Uh, my girlfriend at the time said, I want to hear this stuff too. Why don't you just make it for right. men and women? Um, so I think the biggest difference is women generally have like, they talk about their feelings. They have some camaraderie with their friends. This comes nat more naturally to them. Guys, especially after divorce, you know, look, when we're married, we're talking to our friends less and less. When we are, it's, how was the heat game last night? Let's talk about that. We're not getting into our, you know, our feelings because maybe our life is kind of on autopilot and right. that gets massively disrupted after divorce. So I think that's the biggest difference with men and divorced dads in particular is that like, we don't have that support system. So I think it hits us a little harder and you know, that can manifest itself in a lot of ways where like, it's just not that healthy. And at the same time, we're trying to, I have, you know, three kids, two boys. My goal is to like teach these kids how to hopefully be in healthy relationships sometimes. So if I can't figure out how to do it myself, what, what chance do I have for them? So I think that's like, it's yeah. important for guys, especially to uh, invest in this kind of like self-improvement after divorce. 
Oh, my God. Absolutely. And the parenting piece. I think there's so many guys that come out of the divorce process that, you know, that they do some things as a dad, but then coming out of it, their focus is like or should be. How can I be a better dad? What are the things that I do? How can I step up and be that super dad? Any thoughts on that? Well, I think it's like a double edged sword, because I think one thing you do when you're married Let's be honest, you know, a lot of times the mom does handle a lot of the parenting things. Now, as a dad, when you've got, I've got 50 50 set up, my schedule is honestly all over the place, but like it's taken a while to even get in a routine. I now have three kids that I've got to deal with. Um, It's just like, it's, it's a lot. And I think the biggest mistake that a lot of guys make is we throw everything into our kids then. And stop taking care of ourselves. So we don't go to the gym. We don't go out with our friends. Look, I had a conversation the other day with my eight-year-old who just wanted to, can I just sleep at your house, dad, after the game? And of course, that tugs on my heartstrings and I want him to do that. But if I have three days off a week where like I need to figure out my stuff, it was it was a big learning curve where I had to say, I, I love you. I do want to spend time with you. But daddy needs to hang out with his friends, too. Because when I'm not right. doing that, when I'm just investing completely into my kids and my job, that's when stuff really kind of starts to erode and fall apart. So uh, that's a piece that's a little bit more counterintuitive is like, you still got to be a little selfish sometimes. You've got to you know, think about yourself because your instinct is like, God, I feel guilty. I put my kids in this position. They're running around right. with the, the dad bag. They forgot this. They forgot that. Let me just try to you know, make everything okay. The kids are more resilient than we are in a lot of ways. Yeah. So like, we have to like, let go of that rope a little, let them, you know, deal with their emotions and also, you know, deal with our own. And for me in particular, that that's still something that I, I struggle with. Right. And it, and again, getting back to the original theme as guys were like, do, 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 do. But then sometimes, and I say this for across the board for parents, even parents of intact families, you need time to take for yourself. It can't be 100 miles an hour, 24 seven for everyone else and nothing for you, because how could you be the best parent if you can't be the best you? Totally. So, I mean, and it's like in today's world, like, look, I'm, I was at my kids. I think we had three class parties, a graduation this week. How many times did your parents go to uh, elementary school when you were growing up as a kid? Oh, right. I, I think the stakes have gotten and the expectations have gotten way higher. And, you know, we do want to be there for our kids. But there are times when you're just going to have to say, you know what, I, I can't make it. Because if you're not taking care of yourself, like you said before, like you will be a worse parent. You will get resentful. You will have these feelings that, you know, it's it it's complicated to like reconcile that. But like, I think when you're divorced in particular, like nobody else is going to look after you. You've got to take care of yourself. Like there's yeah. nobody that's like saying, you know what, Rob, go go take a night off. You need that. That is like on you. Yeah. And I think, you know, it's funny because you the dads, I think that you deal with, at least that I deal with, and you tell me they just totally run the gamut. I mean, you have dads who have never been accustomed to daycare and dentist appointments and doctors and everything else. And then you have the ones who've been engaged, but now it's kind of a different role. How did what advice do you give to dads who've looked, look, I've just never done any of these things. And now all of a sudden I have the opportunity to do them. Where do I start? Yeah, it's a hard thing. Look, I i mean, I always considered myself a super involved dad, but when it all yeah. fell on me, I was like, I remember I had a kid with an ear infection at 4 a.m. crying for four hours. And I'm like, can you, I need help. 
you know, like that feeling right. of like, she wants mommy. I am not equipped to deal with this. So I think, you know, every relationship and setup is a little different, but I think, you know, f- accepting that, like you, you can figure this stuff out yourself. It's going to be a struggle, but it can also be like kind of empowering. Like, look, we didn't, we didn't need mommy to uh, put a bandaid on your knee there. We figured it out. Fight that instinct to like, you know, call them and say, Hey, what do I do here? There are times when you you will need help and you should be communicating about these things. But uh, yeah, it's like, it's. I think that's a big piece of it. Just like accepting this is like going to be very difficult. This We want everything to come easy for us, especially yep. sometimes with young kids. Like it's just not maybe in our DNA to like figure out how to do all these things with the, you know, sick kids, things like that. I'm always like, God, mom is so much better at this. I don't know. Uh, Right. what it is but you know again you do the best you can you you just realize that if you can be there for them if you can listen to them you're in the 95th percentile of all parents divorced or married right and it's funny i was watching this piece the other day and it was basically about how moms are doing most of it and then even some of the things that dads are doing they're helping lay it out so there's no singular task that dad's getting accustomed to doing completely independently and i think there is some truth to that but I think the message here is, as you said, be resourceful. You can do it. You're their father and you will figure it out. Well, and I, I even think back to when I was married. I remember when, I don't know, when you had young kids, it was kind of like just like the mom would be like, move, I got this. Like, right. And sometimes I'm like, I'm never going to be able to learn to help take care of this kid, feed the kid. If you're taking over all the time, why don't you go out for two hours and and handle it and that that's not always that easy to do in a marriage and divorce you got no choice so it actually can like i think it i mean it has made me a better parent in a lot of ways it's a lot harder but it really is like there's gifts that come from divorce that are they're they're painful but like you are gonna learn so much more because you know this is on you now yeah yeah i think you do and and you can you can that's the message Um, so you wrote a book called Dad, The Best I Can, which is a compilation of nuggets of wisdom from dads you interviewed. Why don't you tell me a little bit about that? And why don't you share a couple of those nuggets of wisdom for us if you can? Yeah. So I, like I said, I was a professional poker player, moved to a new city, you know, retired from poker. I said, what the heck am I going to do now? Right. I had very young kids at the time. And that was my struggle. I was like, I don't know how to deal with a five, three and one year old. Uh, I thought, let me start a podcast where I'd interview my friends just talking about being a dad. And that got you know bigger. I started getting bigger guests because yep. guys actually love talking about being a dad. And it's something that we don't normally get the opportunity to do. So, right. you know, I had guests like Jesse Itzler, you know, a lot of stand up comedians come on. And it was cool. really cool to hear them talk about this side of their life. And that was one of the pieces I said is, uh, can you share one dad tip? Uh, with other dads out there. And a lot of them like had some really great stuff. Those tips I compiled and and put into this book. Uh, I'll give you a couple of them offhand. I just just the other day, I was re-listening a stand-up comedian. He, his kids were in high school. And he said during the pandemic, he learned how to play tennis. And he's like, I would have never learned how to play tennis, but I wanted something that, especially as my kids get older, that I could do with my kids. So his tip was like, learn a sport. It's probably going to be like tennis or golf that you can do with your kids as they grow up. And I thought that was really interesting because he's like, I'm learning this as like an yeah. investment in my you know, future with my adult kids. 
another tip that I still struggle with, but I think about a lot. And it was uh, one of Jesse's tips is spend one-on-one time with your kids. can be yeah. very hard to do when you've got three or as a divorced dad, but like it's, as you know, like when you've got the whole family or all the kids, it's like you're running a, you know, camp, you're like a cruise ship director. Right. If you can find even one hour to be like, Hey, I'm going to go, we're going to go throw the ball. We're going to go out for ice cream. Just the two of us. It's something that we really take for granted and don't do a good job above, but yeah. like it makes the kids day. It makes my day whenever I do it. And I, I mean, he says to put it on the calendar. He's like Saturday, 12 to two. I'm spending time with this kid. I need the other two figured out. So a lot of it comes down to like really being intentional with your time because they say, you know, the, uh, the days are long, but the years are fast. And every parent sits there and tells you like, Oh, cherish these days. But when you're in it, you know, especially with young kids, I'm always like, why am I pulling my hair out? Why is like this so freaking hard? And you know, I think hearing from people that have been through it, like empathize with this is really hard. It is really frustrating and it's worth it. That's like something to remind yourself of daily. Yeah, for sure. Um, so question for you. What do you think is the most challenging thing about co-parenting post-divorce? <sighs> That's a hard one, right? That's I, <laughs> I mean, I just got off a, a six day bender where it was just me and the kids last week of school. So I was just like, yeah. here. They're yours. Here's their stuff. <laughs> all right. Uh, I think the toughest thing is the communication aspect because yeah. all of a sudden you're not talking face to face or on the phone. Even if that was like not that, you know, a healthy communication, now all of a sudden it's like this very fragmented is it on text? Is it is on email. How do I say this without pissing them off? You know, right. We all have been to the point where daily we look at a text and be like, oh, the nerve of this person. Like, you didn't right. think I did this. That took a lot of practice. I actually yeah. learned a ton. I've just listened to a podcast with uh, Chris Voss, the FBI hostage negotiator. Right. And he is big on like uh, tactical empathy, he calls it, where, you know, really the leading with empathy, even if it's somebody that you disagree with or you can't stand, will make the message just so much smoother. So it could be something as simple as, you know, I used to say, hey, can you pick up the kids later? I can't. I can't make it. You know, when you get that message, you're like, oh, screw you, man. I don't want to do that. Like, how could you ask that? He would have you frame it. And it sounds a little like manipulative, but like, look, it's a tool that can work. You know, hey, I'm sorry to put this on you, but would it be a problem if you help take the kids from school to the baseball today? And just that little like adjustment can the person receives it so much better. Even if, you know, my ex is really good at this. Sometimes I know exactly what she's doing and I'm still appreciative. I'm like, right. Yeah. Touche. But thank you for at least thinking of me that this will be hard. It will be a pain in the ass. Right. And I, that takes a lot of practice and work because it doesn't come natural to us, especially when you have, you might have a contentious relationship with this person. So getting your reps in of like learning, how can I say this a little better? Cause you might be saying it three times a week. Right. You might even put it in your phone, copy, paste, like, you know, okay, sounds right. good. Communication with your co-parent and relearning, you know, a, a better way to get the result that you want is really important. And like, it also makes you feel more in control of the situation because you ever send a message and they're like, okay, sounds good. And you're like, yeah, look how <laughs> I just handled that like a boss. <laughs> right, right. 
Yeah, but that's true. I mean, I think it's just so difficult. I think we send texts all the time, right? And it's like, okay, thanks. Yes, sure. You know, thumbs up, you know, smiley face. But like, it will take a little bit more thought. And I think it'll be appreciated on the other side just to even say, hey, thanks for your email or anything to start totally. start the start the text off in the right way so it couldn't possibly be misconstrued. Oh, 100%. I mean, look, I ran a poll in our Instagram because I would get annoyed by like the thumbs up. You ever send somebody something and they just give you the stamp and I'm like, well, what does that mean? Uh, you're like, I do that. You're rolling your eyes at me. I'm guilty <laughs> of it too sometimes, but I'm like, can, and I pulled the audience. I'm like, does the thumbs up like annoy you sometimes from your co-parent? And like a lot of people are like, yes. First of all, that we don't know what their intention was, but like, it's this idea that like the words, the emojis even that we communicate with, Right. You know, like they're impactful and it sounds silly, but like if that's going to spin my spin me out for an hour because I'm like, look at this freaking text. Like this is another thing I got to get better at. And hopefully like you can model that behavior a little bit for your co-parent. You know, you can only yeah. control what you can control. But when I write a long email or when I used to write this like essay and I'd get back like, uh, OK, sounds good. I'd be like, huh. That was pretty impressive. How'd she just do that? Maybe I should do that. Like, uh, yeah. like the <clears throat> brevity and and really just like being intentional with your words is is very important when you're co-parenting. Right. And there's a there's a famous saying that I love to use: like you can't change other people, you can only change yourself. And I think the message for me has always been: hey, change what you're doing and see how other people react to it. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, and that couldn't be better you know, testing ground than divorce and co-parenting, because like, this is like the ultimate test of that. And uh, again, it's like going to the gym, like it's, it's going to take time to get that muscle strong, but soon you won't even think you'll just be like, Oh, annoying text from X. Got it. Sounds good. Thanks for letting me know. You know, all of a sudden you're like, all right, I can hey, go on with my day. I'm doing it. Yeah. I'm doing it. So last topic, dating. When should you do it? Like, is it what I mean, what are your thoughts on that? Well, as a guy, and I don't speak for all men, but as the you know, it was the first thing I threw myself right into probably because I was like, I'm alone. I need validation. I, you know, need to see if I still got it. Right. Uh, I think it's easy to say take time and wait. I don't think that's as realistic as like a lot of people say. I think women are actually better at that. They're like, I didn't date for a year. I just hung out with my girlfriends. Yep. We had book club. We drank wine. I went to Italy by myself. Look, I was on the dating apps very quickly, uh, probably not in the healthiest way. But, you know, I think you do. That's another thing you have to like learn. You're going to be a it's going to be clunky. You're going to be an idiot with it in the beginning. Right. But yeah, I think like one of the biggest problems i think that we have like in our marriage is like we are not really expressing our own needs and that manifests right. manifests itself into divorce when right. you're dating you don't really know these people treat it like a practice in a lot of ways for like what do i really want and when that person inevitably because let's be honest most most of these things are going to be one two dates and out you know what i think we're i like meeting you but i don't think we're a great match uh, I wish you the best of luck. That act of like saying no to people and kind of saying yes to yourself is another muscle that you need to develop. And I think dating is an incredible uh, training ground for that because you can do all the work on yourself by yourself. But 
if you want to get into a relationship, you're going to need to date, you're going to need to learn these new skills. So treat dating, you know, have fun with it, accept that it's going to be really freaking frustrating because it is these apps. My friends can't get enough of like, tell me stories. Like they want the highlight reel. It's not <laughs> that <that's> fun. Awesome. <laughs> it's not as fun as it looks. I mean, the highlights do, but like it's a tool that like you're using to uh, connect with people and relearn what, you know, I'm 46 now. What I wanted when I got married when I was, you know, 30, it's not the same as what I want now. So, right. It, and I think, again, it's another place where like seek the help of coaches. There's like Instagram pages that will literally give you like scripts to use. And I'm like, holy crap, I wish I had this, you know, when I was starting yeah. out, it would have saved me a lot of time. So, accept like divorce, like co parenting. It's going to be a frustrating process. You will get better. And, you know, be willing to end things. I think that's something that a lot yeah. of us, uh, I, there's a great book that I recommend all men read called No More Mr. Nice Guy. And mm. uh, Dr. Robert Glover, he says, uh, it's okay to be a bad picker, but you have to become a good ender. And most of us mm. suck at ending things, businesses, friendships, relationships. Right. He's like, I've been married three times, so I'm not even good at it. But he's like, that's a muscle that... Uh, after divorce, you 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 better get pretty good at, or you're going to end up in the same situation again. Yeah, but I but I find that fascinating. So so I guess the way I'm reading it is that just like light dating, like getting back, you know, jumping back. Uh, forgive the expression, jumping back into it, it. There's something cathartic about that, though. Something you can learn about yourself and what you like and what you don't like, and being honest with yourself about it. Because I, because the reason why I and I'm I'm a culprit. I always suggest people wait, and I think part of the reason why I suggest that they wait is because I want them to learn from the failed relationship and learn about themselves. But it seems like you're suggesting is that dating process allows you to learn through it. Yeah, I, I mean, think look, that's fascinating. It's awesome. It I mean, ideally, you do take a year and you go live in a monastery and you figure yourself <laughs> out. You go to therapy. But the reality is, is like, it's going to be Thursday night. You're going to be on day three without your kids. There's this app that is like a literally the greatest slot machine ever of just like dopamine that's just staring at you with, you know, nice women that want to talk to you. So you're probably right. going to slide into it, but do it, you know, with some intentionality. Say, you know what, I'm going to like talk to this person and like you said, you learn so much about yourself in relationship and dating that you can't do on your own. So like, you know, be open minded to it. Don't just look at it as like, I got to, you know, get married again. So I guess I got to go find somebody. This is probably the first time for a lot of people that especially if you were married in your 20s that like, you've had the chance to uh, connect with other people with like, this hopefully like stronger version of yourself. Yeah. Oh, my God. That's awesome. I like that. I learned something today. That's great. I think that I, and I think for guys, I think that's going to be super useful because I because I can't get my guys to go to counseling. Uh, <laughs> I can't to get them to take some time and go to counseling and work on themselves. Just not at least well, that's just my experience. Well, yeah, maybe it's I think the bigger thing is like dip your toe in the water with something like open up Instagram, go on WTF divorce, shameless plug. Look at a couple like memes or posts that are talking about the thing that you're dealing with and say, Huh, because that is a version. Of, it's not therapy. It's not coaching, but it's like therapy light. It like it opens your mind up to the fact because therapy can be pretty daunting and you might not even actually want to learn about like your demons from childhood. Maybe you just want right. to like learn about going forward. What are the things that you want? And that is, you know, I think therapy is very useful, but it might not always be the best thing for everyone. Right. 
Right. No, to be honest with you, what I want you to do at that point is go on WTF Divorce and buy some merch. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) The merchandise is awesome. Thank you. Thank you. How did you come up with that? I love it. I mean, like everything, I'm just borrowing ideas. I'm like, that is hilarious. And again, like I'm constantly laughing about divorce and the things people send us. I'm just like, that should be on a coffee mug because I would love to look at something that says like, not sorry about your ex or just something to, you know, take the edge off. So it's something that we're, we're starting to do for fun, but it's, it's fun seeing people really connect with it because it, it's kind of like a camaraderie. It's a feeling and, you know, anything that you can do to kind of bond with people over divorce uh it's it's helpful so i i I gotta be honest my favorite one is the black 11 ounce mug nobody liked her anyway congrats (laughs) on the divorce (laughs) (laughs) yes and you know to be fair we also have the nobody liked him anyway there are there are their counterparts right oh yeah i mean it's actually was part of the idea is like what do you get for somebody when they get divorced nobody knows what to get really i want like Something like a funny, you know, message, maybe yeah. a DoorDash uh, gift certificate. But like, yeah, we're we're finding a lot of people are like, I don't know what to send this person. It's like, uh, do they want food? Do they want to go out? Uh, just send them something funny that shows that you're thinking of them, and they'll, you know, it's a great way to uh, help somebody out. Yeah, that sounds great. So listen, Rob, thank you so much for being on the show. I really appreciate you taking out the time to talk to us today. Listen. Tell our listeners, where can they find you? Where can they access your resources, the book, the, the podcast? Uh, where can they get a mug? Uh, yes. Tell, and Give us all know, the information. First off, I want to say uh, thanks to you, Dennis, for having me on. But also the content that you're creating, I know it, it does take a lot of work. You make it look easy, but like it's incredibly helpful for people because it could just like unlock, even if they're not going to use you as a lawyer, they're like learning something. They're going to say, hey, I learned something here. So you know, I'm sure everybody listening is already following you, but I appreciate the content that you're putting out. Uh, for us, we're at WTF Divorce on Instagram, WTFDivorce.com. There's a podcast, so keep the name super memorable, WTF Divorce. And even YouTube, we're starting to uh, dive in there because that's where I spend, you know, half of my time is scrolling videos. I'm like, eh, I might as well yeah. learn something while I'm at it. Yep, absolutely. So thanks again, Rob. Really appreciate you being with us. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in again today to Divorce Stories. We'll see you again next time. Have a great day.